0: And let me throw this little tidbit in there. There's no other leadership than servant leadership, in my opinion. Period. Servant moment- leadership is the answer. You want, you want to answer the cert? You want to answer the leadership question. What kind of boss you need to be? You'd be a servant leadership. Everything is about how you are serving the people you lead and the community that you lead.
1: Firehouse Vigilance presents The Weekly Scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. Weekly Scrap, number two, zero, three. My guest tonight is none other than DJ Stone, a.k.a. the other brother. He has been in the emergency services for 24 years, 22 at the city of Fort Walton Beach Fire Department. He recently accepted a brand new position as a training chief at South Walton Fire District. Second generation firefighter, Stone has spent a career working everything from dense suburban to ultra rural. He teaches, he instructs, He and his brother teach the program Anatomy of the Rescue at FDIC. He has recently revamped the program to single-person presentation called The Grab Analysis, a class evaluating several video-captured grabs in the 850 area code of Florida. DJ also co-manages with his brother the Facebook training page 850 Fireman, 850 Fireman, a training page that promotes fire culture in the panhandle of Florida and the southeast. Family man. God serving man and a fireman, DJ Stone. It is my honor and pleasure to have you on as the guest of Weekly Scrap number 203. Welcome, my brother.
0: Thank you very much for a a nobody suburban guy from nowhere after Curtin Lombardo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, congratulations! (laughs) Awesome,
0: by the way. Uh, yeah, guys, two legends, man, two icons in the business. I'm stoked to be here.
1: Batting cleanup, man. That's what <laughs> yes, called.
0: exactly. That's right. Uh,
1: That's is there right. anything? I'm the other brother. Anything I missed in the introduction?
0: No, man. Just a lot going on in life right now. Nothing in the introduction you missed. Uh, I'm sure we'll catch up on a few of the details here shortly. But yeah, it's perfect. It's been, it's been a bit of a whirlwind these last three weeks for sure.
1: Now, technically, you were you were not a, this is not your first time on the scrap because you were on at North Florida Fire Expo a few years. Yes.
0: ago. Yes. I think that was the first time we met, right. um, me, you, Nick, and then another panel of, of people. Yeah. That was, I think, maybe Duffy the infancy there. days. Yeah. Yes. Of the it scra- was very,
1: very early, very early. Yes. So you yes. are an OG. Technically, you're an OG, <laughs> although you've never been a single guest. So this is your first yeah, single yes. guest. Uh, I love it. Well, um,
0: I appreciate it.
1: Kyle is in the chat, so everybody... If you're out there, get your questions primed and ready for DJ, throw them at Kyle. He will find the best questions. He will throw them at us and we will get them to DJ and we will get them answered. So do not be afraid to throw your questions out there. If you want to be a part of the vigilantes, man, the vigilantes are the people that decide the direction of the scrap. Uh, so it's the Cool Kids Club. That's what I call it. Go to FirehouseVigilance.com and sign up so you can be a part of it. Uh, the one thing we're doing lately is the after party. When the scrap is over. We invite the guest so far. None of them have refused. So no pressure, but, uh, they get to come and hang out for 20 minutes. It says 20 minute after party. And then we kind of critique your scrap and talk to you about it. So anyway, you'll be invited at the end. Uh, (laughs) That's that, Uh, last week's, yeah, okay, so there we go, on to the sponsors, the OG, sponsor of the scrap, Keyhose, I already saw Joey Hayes in here talking and commenting, Uh, so the OG, sponsor of the scrap, Keyhose, check them out online at keyhose.com, follow them on Facebook, affordable drill towers, home of the affordable drill tower and the affordable standpipe prop, firefighter owned and operated, pump and roll using the affordable standpipe prop, the affordable standpipe prop. It fits through most classroom doorways for standpipe theory, and then you can roll it into the parking lot and pump it. comes with six standpipe valves that can be upgraded to PRVs or customized to what you have in your jurisdiction. Call Steve, 844-55-TOWER, or drop an email to info at towers.com And then, my man, also out of Florida now, relocated to Florida, First Line Fire Service Training, Dennis Riley. It is veteran-owned and operated. First Line Fire Service Training, there you go. You like that? Go. I yeah, like that. Yeah, boy. That goes right yeah. with it, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I lost my place. Find them on Facebook. First line fire service training. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. Uh, he has been around the block. He is the shark out there swimming, ready to get dinner. So absolutely. And I love Flame Decon always. Get yourself some black soap. Get rid of the carcinogens. Uh, decon effectively, man. Get some badass soap at flamedecon.com. So there we go. One thing I wanted to throw yeah. in before we technically got to it. I don't know if you know a person named Jim Allen, but he contacted me today <laughs> and he said, DJ Stone, he, DJ Stone is a good friend of mine. I would greatly appreciate it if tonight on the show, you would tell him how much of a mentor he is. Also, if my kids grew up to enter the fire service and they were half the fireman that he is, I'd be extremely thankful. And finally, he says the same goes for them growing up to be the type of human being he is. So I wanted to say that to you because when people go out of their way to do that kind of thing, it really means a lot to me and to the guests. So Uh, I I would say, yeah.
0: That's very generous. Jim Allen, for those that don't know, is uh, one of the many, many veteran fire officers of Scambi County, Florida, which uh, hands down, it's well known, Kurt being the representative for this, they, they go to more jobs than anyone from probably the Florida state line to Jacksonville, no doubt he's one of the best. Uh, Jim is is just an outstanding person and a great friend. And I really do appreciate that. And for the record, I do want to say that my name is DJ stone and I too like to go to trailer fires. That's Jim saying, by the way. Um, and I I echo that (laughs) every day because we go to a lot of trailer fires here in the panhandle, Florida.
1: Love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read you a few comments before we get going, just to, just to get the audience. Josh Varguson said, "Where's the stash?" Four uh, four question marks. Uh, James Mitchellisco said, "Freaking amp truck work is my jam." Shannon Stone says, "Hell yeah, that's my little bro." <laughs> Great thing to watch while packing. Let's go from Aaron Olson. I'm glad we can be there for you while you're packing. Uh, there we go. Excuse me. All right. All right. Uh, there's, yeah. questions, there's, there's questions coming in. Questions coming in, but I'm going to kick it off with, do you want, I'll, I'll throw it to you. I have, this is the most comprehensive list of topics to talk about I've ever received. I, I would say I've had done 202 scraps before <laughs> this point, and it is a comprehensive list. It's the longest list I've ever compiled. And it's awesome. I love it. I love it. I think we're going to get to like three of them because that's typically the way the scrap goes. So what I want to ask okay. you first is, do you want to start with the first topic you sent me or do you want to start with your first audience question? It's dealer's choice,
0: um I mean we, we could just start with the topic, uh, okay. I sent okay. you if, if you want, which pull pull from the pile what so I too, like a lot of the other listeners out here, I watch a lot of your podcasts, and one of the questions I ask myself is, why are you asking me to come talk about something someone else has probably talked about? so I sent you that list in hopes that maybe it's brushing up against something that hasn't already been talked about or or talk through at this particular point in 200 plus episode history. And
1: and I'll say this, I'll say this because it's crazy. And I, I think I texted you something along this lines is every single guest says something along the same lines. It blows my mind, the humility of, of the people, you know, that, that, that come on because every one of them, I don't care who it is says, man, why would anybody want to hear what I have to say? And, and it, it, it really does because it's awesome that's why uh that 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 hype video we just played explains why it's awesome um but absolutely so tactical we'll start with tactical i'll start at the top of the list tactical masked, masking up or masked up what did you mean by that topic and i'll let you deep dive as much as you want to go
0: i I don't know that it's a deep dive as much as it is just an, an opinion and an epiphany uh since i would say that that call i mean i could say throughout my career it's forming an opinion but It really came to light when I went over to Texas to share my program, specifically in the Houston area. Um, I I think we can agree it's kind of been a trend in the fire service, uh, along with search, just being ready to turn out quickly, ready to go on air quickly. And uh, the one thing I do critique, uh, by the way, the grab analysis is based off my experience and a few other calls. Critiquing myself, my mask up time was absolutely horrendous. It just really is. It's embarrassing but you don't know what you don't know, right? Um, and sometimes you, you you don't think it's going to happen to you. Um, and since then, it's not it's not a matter of if it's when the intense call in whatever form is going to happen. It may not be a uh, you know a grab that's captured on video. You know, maybe it's a, a medical call, an intense medical call, and you're a paramedic, firefighter, or a pin job or something along those lines. So, with all that being said, I noted the the terrible time. That And I thought at the time, man, that was a pretty good mask up. It really was not a good mask up. So in light of that, digging a little deeper into that topic, and in my previous job, uh, I was a battalion chief the last three years. I challenged my company after – it's actually a call that's included in this new program. So if I teach it, all you guys out there, girls, come check it out. Um, It's a call that happened here in Navarre, Florida, where uh, it's intense, intense. And a guy basically made a grab of a a toddler – in eight seconds, eight seconds. And so the point of sharing that story is to say that regionally right here in Navarre, Florida, and in Midway, where my brother works as the operations assistant chief there, they had been regionally working on their mask up times wow. right before this call happened. Mm. And their mask up goals, if I remember correctly, around the 22nd mark or better. His department average, I believe, is around 15 seconds, mm. which is pretty great, you know, oh, for a department awesome. average.
1: For an average. And Absolutely.
0: so, yeah, yeah. That inspired me to come back to my department and, and see what I could do with that. And it just challenged me personally. I need to mask up faster, right? Fast forward to uh, kind of working through that the last year or so in, in my job and then going out to Texas to share the program. And I had epiphany because I, I went to uh, like a the woodlands, which is like spring woodlands, all suburb of Houston. There's a lot of Houston guys that work those departments, not right. Woodlands, but spring, part-time, et cetera. John Nanica being one of them. And um, they told me, basically, I was talked about mask-up times. We need to get quicker, blah, blah, blah. This is something you can work on yourself. Every single day when you come in, this is your responsibility to be good at it as a firefighter. No one needs to, to prompt you to do that. And they basically said, man, that's not a problem with us. We, we, we're masked up in the rig before we get off the truck. And I know my whole career, there's been this debate of, masking up or not masking up. And I've come to the conclusion in the great words of John Norman, it depends, Mm. it depends. You know, you ask him things, he says, well, you know what, it depends. One of the smartest minds in the business, he says, it depends. So it resonated with me and I said, okay, well, it depends. Well, the question that I ask a lot of times when it comes to change is sometimes we don't need to ask why, we need to ask why not. So in relation to this hypothetical, my call, I'm turning out, it's 1.30 in the morning, I have a confirmed entrapment, I know I have a working fire, and I know I'm going to be first due, I know it, before I don't have to see it. So the question to myself is, why not? Why would I not go ahead and get my mask on? Why would I not go ahead and get ready to do the one thing? Because frankly, it's really simple. The business ain't simple, but the initial action should be simple. We're doing one of two things we're going for rescue or we're going to extinguish, rent. Both of them, you need to be on air. So in relation to that sort of thought process, you know, my question now was why wouldn't we do that? If, if we are hitting this for them mantra, right? The fire service is big for them, for them, for them on every level. Well, how much more for them when we come off the truck, ready to go to work? I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that's the conclusion that I've came to right. in my career. And I think, I think the payoff is getting to work faster, getting to assignment faster. Now, you come second or third, due, you know, and you're you know it, 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 and or you don't have Intel, really, a lot of things that we do on this job, masking up being one of them, is intel driven uh, the the fire service, and I say this in my presentation, you and my brother talk about this all the time, which my brother's one of my biggest mentors, by the way. I love you, bro. I, I am not who I am without my brother. So he, he is one anyways, of the ways we talk about endorse. this. I mean
1: that.
0: Yeah, so for sure. He, he's, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but he's helped me avoid a lot of pitfalls a lot in my job. So, of course, we have discussions often about tactics and strategies and et cetera. And we agree that the fire service really wants a black and white answer. Um, especially the uh, lesser experienced suburban fire service or newer organizations looking to grow. They're like, right. man, just give me that answer. I mean, give me that one thing that I could take that can apply every time. So I could take more thought process out of it. And uh, the reality is we don't work in a black and white service. When it comes to most emergencies, we're blending the two. It's a, it depends. It's a, it's, it's well, if this, then that. Mm-hmm. So I like to say, We have to be experts in the gray. Some things we can be black. Some things we can be white. But really, the strive throughout a career is to be adaptable enough to operate at maximum capacity in the gray areas of the job. I love it. So in light of all that rounding back to the mask thing, you know, uh, why wouldn't you be masked up now in light of that? You know you have a working job. You turn the block Hey, I see a header. And here's the thing I always ask people. Do you mask up at a car fire? You know what they say? Oh, of course we do. Right. Uh, okay, so what's different about a house fire? And then all of a sudden, these excuses come out. I'm not saying they're wrong. but I'm saying is, you have limited scope of things you're going to do. You're going to put the fire out. We are going to initiate search. It's not rocket science. Don't overcomplicate things. If you get off and you're limited staffing, best thing we could do is stretch a line, get to the door and either get inside or get to the closest point where fire is showing to kind of buy us some time to get inside and to finish our job. So in light of all that, it's a long answer to a short question. I'm a huge advocate now of masking up. And when I have friends that work in Houston fire, that work in departments and stations that go to way more fires than I ever do, and they're advocating for it, I tend to listen to those people. Right. You know, I've spent a career uh, and I've been Super lucky to, one, live where I'm at. The 850 is a kind of a unique area. 850 meaning like from Pensacola to Tallahassee. right? And then having Kurt Isaacson in in the backyard. And then all the people in the mines, he brings right here to my backyard. And then being actual friends with Kurt, growing up with Kurt, helping Kurt, and getting to be able to be mentored by these people, which most of them probably don't even know they mentor me. But you know how it is. No, absolutely. We spent a career of, of kind of going after the, this information. And so there's a huge benefit to us to listen to these guys who do a lot of it. And, and for me, I'm very lucky to have a lot of really good friends in the scambi County fire department, you know, and I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that the, that is probably hands down produce some of the best officers that I've worked with. I did a couple of years part-time over there. I had the pleasure of working with people like Jim Allen, like Joel Richardson, like Scott Averill, like Kurt Isaacson, you know, Adam Bobby, a lot of these veteran guys, man. And so what that veteran thing comes from is it's called experience. Right. So where I may not get it, I affiliate and I listen. So when these dudes say, hey, you should think about this, I really think about it. Some I apply, maybe some I don't. But this one, to me, depending on the intel coming in, it's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? Well,
1: I that's will say that this cents. is this is the one thing because I always struggle with this one because you know I've seen I've seen, you know, the people Kyle, of course, is is here grabbing the questions and he comes off the rig, you know, with the mask up time, zero seconds. You know what I'm saying? And and that's it's that's right. And it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. But one thing I always struggled with because I didn't understand it, is I'm like, how how the hell do these people see? Because and I realized it really does come down to sometimes equipment dependent, because one thing Kyle even said yeah. in the chat here, someone asked yeah. a question doesn't it garble your communication? And and Kyle said, "No, you got a giant hole in your mask." And that's, and that's right. what that's when I realized the difference. I, I wear a survivor, and and I will mm-hmm. I will say for uh, straight up, it's a piece of garbage. And I'll say that over and over and over. So, <laughs> but the pack's
0: light, so that's cool
1: for what it's worth. But you yes. absolutely, if you come off with the mask, you get like three breaths with it, and it's fogged up. Period. I don't care how much dish mm-hmm. soap you put on mm-hmm. it, because. You're, you're lucky if the exhaust valves work on it but not the point um it, it really is because I always struggle with that because it makes so much sense but with the equipment we have man it's not an option if there's gonna be if you're gonna be trying to breathe for any length of time before clicking in
0: sure I'm not saying that no, I, no, I, I just not to guess says, that some
1: people do struggle with why can't we do that I mean, yeah yeah
0: but and I'm not some veteran guy trying to tell you like this is the thing that works but it depends, right? It depends.
1: Hmm. Uh, you uh, it what's Dolby, your intel?
0: So. Yeah, what 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 is your intel? What like, what what urgency is there to accomplish whatever the task is and does it include air? And frankly, the next question you would ask yourself is well, am I burning that much air from the rig door to the front door? Oh, I haven't forgot about the 360. I get it. We got to do a 360, more like a three-sided look. Probably in most people's cases, and that 360 even depends on where you work. I'm in the South. Ranch homes is, you know, job du jour, man, like ranch homes and trailers. That's what we do. Now, the new district I'm working in, I could be attached onto a trailer fire, or I could be attached to a house on the beach that's 10,000 square foot and $20 million. So it's a huge variety. And I understand that. That's why we have to be adaptable. Right. And we have to be able to read the situation and, and you know, apply our experiences and training to, to whatever we encounter, hopefully make the right decision.
1: No, I love it. I love it. Uh, all right. First question coming at you from the audience. Uh, I got three to choose from right here. That kind of, I'm going to go with Jim Allen because uh, I like it because it kind of segues off what we we're just talking about. Please ask DJ the following. Was there any doctrine that you had always followed that you realized was ineffective and you changed due to what you learned after the grabs you have made?
0: A lot of doctrines. I think when we come in and, and I would say doctrines or beliefs. So let me premise what I'm going to say with this. And I don't feel like I've been on the business, like on the job long at all. I don't know if you feel that way, Corley, but no, I feel, I feel like, like a young man. I'm like, I just damn it. I'm not
1: an old guy. I'm, I'm so young right now.
0: Yeah, I know. But looking back, I'll say this, the internet has changed everything. So when I came on, not that it was that long ago, but it seems like it was yesterday. The information I had in my hands was VHS tapes, DVDs, magazines, and senior man advice, woman, whatever, firefighter, right? Senior member. And a lot of that senior member advice was based off of their experiences. And I would say, let's say one of them is, um, you know, you don't open the nozzle until you get to see the fire. Right? Has that not drastically changed in the last 10 years because of what we know? And the NIST studies and all that stuff, uh, the UL work has been tremendous on how we approach jobs. And it's really challenged a lot of philosophies and it's validated a lot of philosophies as you know, Ray McCormick has also demonstrated when we first went to the hit hard from the yard always to he was one of the people over here saying, well, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. You studied one side. Let's look at the other. Now it's validated. Right. The science is, is, is kind of leveling the game out. So with all that being said, I think one of them was one of those, you know, uh, don't don't put water on smoke things. Right. The uh, early don't, on in my career. don't flow,
1: Don't flow. You'll steam burn everything.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's right. It was just just it's simply not true, you know. Um well, I guess it is if you're a fog nozzle guy on thirty-five fog fight pattern or whatever it's they still call it. The power you know? cone, yeah. If you're a power cone guy, yeah, maybe maybe you're gonna get hurt. But but the point is like that that's something that has certainly changed, you know. Um I think the power, and this is something like Kurt and my brother have really just uh what's the word? Like they've really instilled a confidence in. Nozzle that we carry in the flows that were flowing. So, I've been very lucky to come into an organization that we paid attention to that very early on. I never had to battle 35 fog pattern, have to battle any of that. My whole career has been straight and solid bore. So, in light of that, both of those have been starting off at the 180 to 200 GPM range on a hand line, back down to 160 manageable hand line. Point is, all that to say, I understand the power of the nozzle and Depending on the situation, my general rule, three to four windows of fire, and it's a handline line all day long. You know, you're not pulling the two and a half unless it's something really large. Large is a relative term to a lot of people. All that to say that understanding that power of the nozzle has increased my confidence, even though my department that I worked in over the last few years and the one I'm going to is not running fires every day. But you know what? Do we need to run? I'm going to ask you do we need to run fires every day to know this and to be confident in the tools that we're given as long as they are specked out the correct way. Right. Right.
1: Right. No, no, no. You, you two, nailed. Two you nailed inch or three this.
0: quarter key hose. There you go, Joey. Combined with a, you know, Elkhart eighths tip, 15, sixteenths. If you're one of the Texas guys, whatever the case is, being confident in that thing that we're bringing to the door and knowing that, Hey, like Kurt says, to my knowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, To my knowledge, no one has died on the end of a working nozzle at this point. That's documented, not burn through. Just I'm working the nozzle and I'm overcome by the fire. Um, So that that should be something that regardless of our experiences on this job and time on the job, have confidence in that thing. Know what you're flowing. It's critical. If you're a brand new firefighter, no one has to tell you that. Go figure it out and then have confidence in whatever is in your hands to take care of business. So I think those couple things, you know, I have um I'm I'm sure there's others that'll come to mind, but really hold, don't put water on, on smoke. I Man, I teach almost almost the opposite of that to some extent, because it depends. It depends on what you're facing. It depends the scenario. It depends on the heat. You know, no, all kinds it. I of love different it. things.
1: I love binaries. Mm-hmm. and You know, like you said, I, people love black and white. People love black. I love binaries. And one of uh, one of my favorite things that I tell it everywhere I go, Brian brush says you got smoke at the doorknob level. You should be flowing water. Now is that, yes? I mean, that's it. I just, I just love it. Cause it's a yes, no, it's something you can teach someone who's never been in anything, you know? And is it, yeah. Is it always true? Probably not. If you really want to mm-hmm. go actually, but uh Man, is it a great binary for 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 guiding people who've never felt heat or just been in training burns with a couple pallets? Absolutely.
0: 100%. My brother, we have taught that at the city of Fort Walton Beach since my, almost the entirety of my career. And we called it the doorknob rule before it was a thing. It's kind of like this whole, when the whole transitional attack was a thing. Fort Walton, Escambia County, the general A5O area, we're looking at each other going, that's kind of what we've been doing. You know, we didn't know it was a thing because it's, it's normative for the lesser staffed departments to take advantage of an opportunity to do that if you have to, to put things in check until you can get through that front door. And so, you know, I, you know
1: there
0: there's so many de- opinions and stuff, but I try to default and surround myself with people a lot smarter than me that have done the job a lot more in close proximity and way outside of my bubble. And for this far in my career, it's worked. The doorknob right. thing, you know, it, it validated itself because we learned it outside of our organization into the circuit world, and, and that's a well-known thing. Our saying was, doorknob rule, you're either gonna apply water or you're gonna vent somewhere in proximity. But when you vent, you gotta be ready to get in there and uh, go after it. I love it,
1: I love it. Uh, yes, um, okay, couple things. Everybody, if you have any issues with the stream on Facebook, remember we are live on YouTube. If you're not aware, we are live on YouTube. Please go like and subscribe and click notify me when you go live. Um, so, all that being said, but yeah, if you have, we are watching all the chats. Kyle is watching all the chats. He's also responding to everybody in all the chats, which is awesome. So, uh, keep your questions coming. Uh, next question coming at you from Joe Gavita. He says, and you may have to do a little background explanation, but what is the goal? of yours with your new position.
0: So to give everyone a background, I have uh, retired from the city of Fort Walton beach after 22 years and took a tremendous opportunity in a place called South Walton fire district here in the panhandle, the South Walton fire district encompasses the area called 30 a 30 a is well known. um, It's kind of, it's pretty bougie beach area that a lot of famous people have second and third homes at, um, it's, it's just a, when you come to visit the encouragement outside of Pensacola beach, of course, is to come over and check out that stretch of beach. Cause it is just phenomenal. It's a mm-hmm. great area. So there was an opportunity to open to that department and that department does not open opportunities often. And, um, so when this came about, I said, man, I, I, I gotta go for it, you know, and well, sort of, I was a little hesitant talking to my wife, you know, we both, you know, are, are faithful Christians and and like, you know, we base our decisions a lot of times off prayer and that. And so in light of that, um, in light of that, we, we was just, it came down to this, you know what, doors open and doors close. So why not take the opportunity? Long story short, I retired and I'm here. So that being said, I'm currently, as of week three, this week, the training division chief for this department, it's a about 108. I think it's around 108 man slash woman department. It is five stations with a six in planning, five ambulances, two trucks, three engines, special operations squad. So it's quite a bit more than what I came from. I came from a two-station, three rig, true truck and engine house, uh interoperating with several other departments to a giant organization. In my mind, it's giant, probably not right. to a lot of people listening but a much larger organization so right. in light of that there's a lot of plans <laughs> there's a lot of things i want to do first and foremost is supporting what they have in place the training division is relatively new for south walton and um i actually a good friend of mine lou jones who used to work at midway as one of their battalion chiefs left years ago to go to tennessee came back went to midway He worked with my brother. He worked with Chief Kanzig a bunch of friends. He ran the division and subsequently moved over into an operations role as a battalion. And that opened the opportunity for me. So I came in. All that to say, he did a tremendous job of building this program and putting in place from a committee style of training to train division chief and kind of bringing order to the organization. And I'm simply there for the first year to kind of support that and to continue to build the foundation like Lou has laid the vast majority and we're coming into an organization that is young. The district is, was formed in about 83 and really ramped up in 99. And so in light of that, that comes with um, a lot of pros. The pros is I don't have a lot of history to overcome. Right. I have a very young aggressive group of officers. I have a brand new turnover and chief staff that's ultra supportive of Uh, the expansion of the division, of training. And here's the big thing, Corley, bringing outside in. Right. Because I've spent my career of getting knowledge being outside in. And I just want to say this about outside in organizations. We have to be careful as firefighters in large, busy organizations of becoming what I call insulated. Oh, yeah. Insulated fire service is, man, this is the way we do it. We don't care about, here's the famous one. I don't care how they do it in FDNY. Right. Uh, Okay. Okay. Uh, No one's saying we need to do FDNY, but here's the fact of the matter. Most of what we do is from the FDNY. So in light of that, everything that we've learned at the city of Fort Walton beach, wasn't one-off ideas. It was a hodgepodge. There's a saying in the art world, nothing new under the sun. Every inspiration comes from something. So in light of that, I want to do at South Walton uh, a form of that. You know, I want, it's it's an outstanding training facility. We have a tower like no other. We have a Connex burn setup that's pretty great, even greater in another year or two when we go to revamp it. Uh, we are resource heavy. We're able to expand. And I plan on bringing, hopefully, a lot of that outside influence in selfishly, not only to our organization, but hopefully to the region. You know, Kurt, Kurt has done a tremendous amount of good for the 850 area all the way over to south walton but from south walton to where he's at in pensacola that's a solid hour and a half nearly 100 miles away so um i'm hoping to work with kurt and a lot of other people in the future and bringing bright minds in and joe devito um you know is is doing a lot of great work with the, with the thermal imaging stuff right and all that kind of stuff back in the day, and so you know, I want to bring people like that in. I want to bring bright minds in. I don't know everything, and I know it. I don't claim to know it, but you know what? Neither did Einstein. You know what he said? It, you ain't got to know all the answers. You just need to know where to find them to be a genius, right? Love so it. I'm trying to Einstein the fire service, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> you know like,
1: the, it is one of the uh, massive benefits of, of having these conversations week in and week out with people like you, like Rombergus. Like Isaacson, like Lombardo. And the really cool part is for me, I get to bring these people in. Like Romagus is coming in, in November to my department and giving everybody on my shift cruel intentions, talking about decision making on the nozzle. How cool is that? Like that's amazing.
0: Uh can I s uh, can I say this for the record? The Romagus show that you did with him, was it a couple of years ago? A year 75? or two ago, maybe
1: number seventy five?
0: Bro, like yeah. I shared that on my shift and dudes who just really didn't pay attention to that stuff straight up blown away. It was such good rootsy nozzle stuff. Oh man. That's coming from an experiential background. I I, wish- I, I put Kyle in this category called the Texas contingent from here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> chief Davis and, and all those guys, chief Gordon and Kyle and all these guys from Texas, man, there's such a wealth of knowledge. And that was one of the best episodes for real, that's one of my top five that you've done. Brother, I,
1: I think it's Bruce my Kyle's. favorite episode. I, I w- I'll i probably go on record and say it is my – man, That's tough because for me, it's like pick a favorite kid. But it yeah. is the whiteboard episode, number 75, one of my favorite episodes of all time. And I wish that it was so early. I mean, 75 is relatively early. I mean, we're at 203, so it's, it was a third of the way where we're at. But it didn't have the reach that it has now, so only certain people, yeah. unless you've gone right. back in time, you know – uh, it doesn't have. The you re-release. should do like
0: a, you should do like a re scrap or something.
1: Just re release. You know, like they or, play
0: they they play old episodes every so often or something yeah. like
1: that. Problem is, is that uh, there's so many people I need to have on the scrap. Like you, mm-hmm.
0: like nah. seriously,
1: how long is it taken for me to get you on?
0: So, bro, like, <laughs> uh, I shouldn't be here.
1: <laughs> but I think that 75, if it would release now, would be just off the charts because there's so much more reach yeah, of the scrap now than 75 had. Uh, so anyway anyway that's uh behind the scenes uh but no absolutely the whiteboard episode the funny part was is it was an accidental episode that we crammed in on a weekend so good, man it was awesome no 100 percent. <laughs> uh i'm going to read a few comments i man haven't seen a live scrap in a while it's from michael lataki i haven't seen michael lataki in a while i don't know if you're going to be in pensacola this august or not but i'll see you soon i'm sure uh Smoothbore cartel Kyle, who we're talking about, said couldn't think of a better dude to take over a training division. Infiltrate and improve my brother. So there you go.
0: It's the plan? Uh
1: I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. Alan Glugofsky said, Unfortunately, my department is very insulated. It drives me nuts. Siloing happens everywhere, brother. It, it's something that we yeah. need to fight against. And, and it is yes. a tough, it is a tough battle from within. Uh yes. Dennis Riley mentioned earlier he has he has a slideshow going tonight. He did want to sponsor your scrap and he and first line fire training has a slideshow going and there is a picture he wanted to reference. So make sure when you get a chance to go check out and see the pictures that are cycling, uh, because he wanted to ask about it. Um, absolutely, okay. And, and everybody, I released it today, so I want to I want to mention this is I'm doing these things called the greatest bits and it's really fun to it's really fun to make them but it takes a lot of time of editing and I'll work on this I'll work on the sound levels people have complained a little bit about the uh, sound levels all right working on it uh but uh working on the sound levels up but if you see a sound bite or if you're watching a scrap or listening to a scrap and you hear a sound bite that's like the best of a greatest bit email me message me let me know so that it can be put into them because they're hard for me to find. There's, there's 600 hours of scraps out there that I have to dig through. So anyway, That's that being lot. said. All right. I'm going to throw, throw one of your topics at you, and then I'll go back to the audience okay. questions.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: man, I'm trying to figure out which one I want to hit. Because we kind of touched on some things. I'm going to go with uh, the jack of all trades, master of none, the suburban fire problem.
0: Yes, um I think every suburban firefighter knows exactly what that term means. Um, and me and my brother have been kind of toying with this idea of, um, really, my brother, talking about doing a class, sort of addressing the suburban. when you divide the word up, it's suburban. And with that being said, depending on the suburban environment we're in, You're dealing with urban elements and not urban elements. So the problem with the suburban world is we are generally speaking a less is more um, situation, specifically in the panhandle. I'm lucky to be in a department currently that is relatively self-contained. For the most part, we can handle a first and second alarm on our own uh, without any help. That is not common outside of probably Escambia County and maybe North Walton. Uh, to my knowledge in our general area, everybody needs help and assistance. What that turns into is a world of Quints and we're no different. I've spent right. my entire life on a Quint. I think you've done some time on Quints. We all deal with Quints and joking aside about the Quint life. Um, that's just our reality yes. because we got to be a Swiss army knife, don't we? Oh yeah. Out here and I had the pleasure of working the last three years as a battalion with a true engine, what I would call in our area, one of the very few fully staffed four and four true engine truck combos at downtown station in Fort Walton beach. And so what I discovered was something I hadn't experienced before was the absolute pleasure of watching two companies operate and how much gets done with two fully staffed companies on a working fire. It's crazy or any other given call for that matter. All that being said, that's not the luxury of most. Most companies are two and three, three men. And they're showing up on a quint and truck work is dependent on a sequence of arrival. Um, And that's a massive, massive challenge in our business. And
1: not going to lie. I wasn't ready to just relaunch the backup. Yeah. Sam, Sam, that was ass. That was it. He said it. Uh, sorry, everybody. I don't even know what we were talking about. I'm going to try and patch this together later into a listenable. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. James Mitchellisco has it covered. Okay. Where were we at DJ? What were you, you were, you were on a rant and then I feel like you might've got cut off,
0: man. It was really great. It's probably going to be one of those recordings that you set to a really cool video and like this inspiring message. I feel like it I was golden
1: tidbits of powerful <laughs> wisdom that no one else... I forgot
0: what it was. <laughs> Next question.
1: <laughs> oh, solid. Okay. I don't even know what I did with all my questions trying to close windows oh, and make stuff work. All right.
0: it, it was a jack-of-all-trades thing, man. And and to oh. be honest, like, uh, just to sort of summarize it, I, I think the point of the matter is in the suburban fire service, we got to be able to adjust our sales rapidly. And we got to be able to pick... The proper strategy, based on the staffing, based on the intel, based on the sequence of arrival, and based on our neighbors we're working with, you know. And at the end of the day, uh, what's worked for me in suburbia is taking information in and keeping it as simple as possible in my thought process. Uh, I, odd enough, I'm not a fast mm-hmm. processor, but I'm on know. a job that requires fast processing, so. You know, working?
1: Uh, possibly. Are we live on YouTube? Let me know. Cause may need a refresh. May need a refresh. Uh, Kyle says we're live on Facebook, not on YouTube, but I'm getting comments okay. from YouTube. So I don't know. Let us know, everybody. I count on. <laughs> yes, yes, yep, yep, yep. Live on YouTube. Okay, we're good. We're good. Cool. Lots of, lots of interaction. Okay, thank you, guys. Everybody, okay. please uh, bear with us. Uh, if you know the scrap, this is what we do. We 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 power on. Uh, I want to throw this question at you. I don't know if I just interrupted you too bad. Uh, nope. Jonathan Kanzig wants to know <laughs> who is the better I surfer? I bet he does. <laughs> who is the better so, surfer? Of course. DJ Stone or Chief Kanzig? Uh,
0: okay, so Chief Kanzig is my brother's boss. And a close friend of me and my brother we grew up with. And me, him, and Cameron, we surf every time there's swell. So, of course, in light of keeping my brother's job and him employed, Chief Kanzik is the best surfer on the Gulf Coast. He's the best amateur professional I've ever surfed with. Right on. To be honest.
1: That's brotherly love right there.
0: He he rides an old man longboard like I've never seen an old man ride a longboard before. It was great. There you go. He no. he he now surfs when I have to go into my forty hours, so that's how that works.
1: Because he's a chief. That's how chiefs do it, right? <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs>
1: very true. Uh, going back in time on an earlier question, Nate yeah. Schuler wanted to ask, "What was your biggest hang-up on quick mask, and what did you do to change or fix it?"
0: Gloves. Um, I can't see. I can't say that I've overcame the gloves, but I know. I know the path, and this is a lame excuse. I know it is. But it just wasn't as critical for me to nail that down on battalion as it was maybe when I was riding a truck. I know that's a terrible excuse. I'm just being honest in the trust tree right now since there's only like six people back looking on the podcast again. So with that being said, I, I the gloves were just the hugest hangup, man. If you could figure out putting it on with the gloves on, it reduces your time. No doubt. I've seen it with my own eyes down to 10 seconds or less
1: right on and andrew begins at damn it youtube we talk good about you <laughs> no that was just a crash it was yeah. just a crash it was straight up just a crash it's gonna happen if you do enough live shows it's going to happen so yeah. there, there's nothing you can do about it uh we've been very reliable so we were due um yeah <laughs> we thought kurt was gonna break. just glad door. it didn't
0: happen on on Chief Lobardo or Kurt and one of these uh big name dudes.
1: No, dude, you were crushing it when so, it happened. That's the that's the part so. that's that's the frustrating <laughs> part. Uh leading the crews to bring that standard up is just as valuable as you doing the masking up. And that comes from Joel Richardson.
0: Yes, one hundred percent. Joel Joel is a veteran of Escambia County Fire Rescue. Uh and their training safety chief over there, man, is outstanding fireman. He's absolutely right
1: love it. Okay. Going back to your questions. Uh the officer is the expert. This comes from yes. Shannon's advice and I wanted to hear what you yes. what, what the whole hit me.
0: So n- no pressure, right? When I promoted up through the ranks um and you never feel this way. I still don't feel this way right now, but um it's kind of like what Dennis sent. Dennis gave me this sign that says the comfort zone is where excellence goes to die. Right. So uh, Dennis Riley, first line, um, the first line training. So in light of that, I don't know that you ever become comfortable with that, but that was a challenge early on that my brother gave me that when I promoted, he's like, well, you know, congratulations. Now you're the expert and you're supposed to be the most senior person on the crew with all the answers. And, I'll ask you, did you feel that way when you promoted up? And I I don't care what organization you work in. There's that bit of intimidation on what you don't know. Yeah. The pressure pressure to
1: know it all. There's this pressure to know everything. It is. And he
0: wasn't saying I have to be the expert in everything, but it was more or less like this sort of rhetorical challenge. Right. And even, even to this day, moving into my new position in a new organization, that's the challenge. The challenge is to be the expert. I can't be the expert. So if you can't be the expert, what is the next step to be an expert? In my opinion, the next step is I got to surround myself with people that are way smarter than me. And I got to use the strength of the team. So when I promoted, that's exactly what I did at Engine 7. And I had a rock star crew, for frankly, the call of my life. And how that, I think part of the ingredients to that success was having people that were really good at what they did. And they were good at where I was weak and I was maybe strong where they were weak and we complimented each other. Um, I, I've always got to mention that my driver was Bobby Anderson. He's now a battalion at Fort Walton Beach. And um, Scott Caskey is now a driver up for promotion at Fort Walton Beach, both still employed there. Just outstanding firefighters. And I had got another guy by the name of Brian Jackson who. As luck would have it, right? Murphy's Law, we were riding three that night. He was a third guy off. But I recruited, the point is, I recruited these people around me because I saw the strengths of that team. And I go, man, I, I just don't have all those answers. But if I can assemble people and I can move the chess pieces to my favor, then I can win. But anyways, back to the whole, you know, you gotta be the expert thing. And the officer is the expert. The officer is supposed to be the most veteran man, woman of the crew you're supposed to have the most years on, but you know what? It doesn't always pan out that way. Right. Especially right now in the fire service, almost globally. I, I could talk to friends in St. Louis. I could talk to friends in San Diego and Miami Dade up to North Walton. Everyone's in this transition, retiring out guys coming in, less experience coming in, more experience going out, you know? And so how do we bridge that gap? Well, frankly, the only way outside of training or excuse me, experience to bridge the gap is we got to get out there out of our box and we have to train. Whether And training takes on many different facets, as you well know. I mean, what you're doing right now is training. It's a form of training, isn't it? Right. taking a it in, of, taking the yeah. information in. Yes, we're hearing opinions. We're betting those opinions into our own context and we're applying it. So um, the only way for me to bridge that gap over the years where I'm not maybe running the fires was to lean on mentors who have done more and continually attend things outside of my box. And then when I go to these events, I insert myself into these situations where I don't know the answer.
1: Because
0: I just had this speech at South Walton when I'm making my rounds the other day. I said, listen, here's what I want to do with the training center. I don't want the training center. When you come into my organization, when you come to the training center with me, like I'm there to judge everything you're doing and looking for failure. Quite the opposite. I want it to be uh, a friendlier, right? More loving, more accepting environment to fail because I, w- I would rather you fail at the tower right. than us there so we could fix that problem. And we could be like, hey, listen, man, all good, buddy. I- I've been doing it 22. You've been doing it too. It's cool. I've been there. Do this, do that. Hey, let's run the drill again. And when we produce that environment of allowable failure at the training ground, people actually learn They're not afraid to go. They're excited to go. They're excited to be with people who know that they're going to help them improve and not dog them out for not knowing to include the 15 year veteran on a truck that might be on an outlier. That's went to five working, good working fires his whole career because that exists, right? That's suburban America. Well, let's not be afraid to fail in the training ground anymore because when we fail, we learn when we learn from experiences and training in real life, We apply it to our next call and we get better at it. Therefore, we're slowly but surely pecking away at becoming an expert. Although I believe just like seeking faith in your life, you're never going to fully know who God is. Right. We're never going to fully know every version of what firefighting is because it is so dynamic. and We can't predict every emergency that's going to happen and how we're going to react and maybe the solutions we're going to bring to the table. But the solutions are strictly built on two things, in my opinion: the intake of training and experience, and feeding yourself, which I'll talk about that later. And our experiences. I love that. It. That's how we're. That's the only way we're going to succeed. Outside of that, I mean, all due respect to degrees and books and certifications. Right. I mean, you know, no, I'm if, if you. you're not putting some good training and meat in there, it's, it's just fluff, man. It's just paper.
1: And on something you said, uh, James Michalisco in the comments said, I definitely should be logging my scrap hours into Target Solutions. And I absolutely think that's something everyone should log. <laughs> everyone should I'm log gonna, for
0: that. I'm going to take that to South Walton next week. Thank no. you very much. That's great. Yes,
1: absolutely. I watched two hours of the scrap. I watched, yes. I watched an hour and a half of Mike Lombardo dropping truth bombs. Absolutely. That should count as training and it should go in. Yes. It's, it's way better than most of the stuff we log. I promise you. Most of the stuff the administrative checkboxers log.
0: Yes, I got to figure out how to get that certified in Florida.
1: We do, credit, we do. So, no, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like. Yeah, there's some, there's yeah, some good yeah, questions yeah. here. Hold on. Uh, okay. What do you think, of, uh, James Mitchellisco? Also, the guy who said Target Solutions DJ. What was your go-to tactic of search? Split-oriented, etc.
0: Well, I'm going to quote a famous fire chief. His name is John Norman. And uh, <laughs> it depends. It, and and uh, I joking that side. that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. That's, it it really does depend. It's like you have concepts. We train on concepts, um, right? But whatever situation you're faced with, you default to something. So my pattern in life has been this. So I'm going to answer the question indirectly. Some of my brother also taught me, like, you got to have back pocket as an officer, three different options. So it's option A, B, C, and then D is when you're leaning on the team. That's what I've always said. Right. So in light of that, same thing with a search. If it's a VES, it's not always get in, shut the door, do the search, throw the victim out by yourself, right? So um, same thing going into a house. It really does depend on the smoke conditions. It, whatever smoke conditions we're counting are at the front door. You know, how rapidly can we search? W- what I learned years ago from the Cobb County guys at, at the Atlanta Fire Conference, which you know, I feel like a dummy that it took me almost 10 years to learn this was the fact that, hey, man, if you see it, it's searched. You ever heard that? If you see it, searched. If I could see across the room, do I have to go over there and go, fire department, anybody in here? No, no you don't. No, no I'm, with it's you, I'm with you. I'm with like I like it. I can't. I can't see behind the couch. We're going to target that search right there. That's the whole targeted search. So back to like the split search, you know, it really depends. You get in the house. You have moderate smoke conditions. You see it's a pot on the stove. Sure, you could split people off. Or you have known intel on um, where someone's at? Yeah, there's all kinds of different varieties of ways. So I don't think I lean on, on one particular thing. I think I back pocket three different options um, for me. And that would be my encouragement to everyone listening is kind of got to go at it in threes. Whatever you do, try to figure out the thing in threes. And at the end of the day, keep it simple down to like three steps or less, three thoughts or less to a conclusion. And when you hit a roadblock, stop. And, like, one of the previous fire chiefs, um, battalion chief that what, he, he was my brother's mentor, and he was my first battalion chief coming on the job, David Messerschmidt, he said, you know what, sometimes doing nothing is an option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you hit ABC and you hit a roadblock, maybe nothing is that option to regroup. So um, I got of answer that question with it depends. It really depends on what you face.
1: I love it, man. And you can't go wrong if you just say John Norman said. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> That's right. It's a, it's a fail-safe. Uh, Daniel Austin, coming at you, uh, changing the gears here. Yes. Chief Stone, yeah. how do you balance your love for the job with your faith and family?
0: It's a good one. I put that up front, and I haven't been able to address it yet. Like Joey Hayes, we talked about this this afternoon. Um, it's the three Fs, right? I mean, we probably have heard that on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And the three Fs for me is a matter of priorities in life. And priorities are sometimes defined when we – when we follow philosophies, I think sometimes that's, that's just like a policy. It's produced out of something that went wrong a lot of times. Um, firefighters are a very passionate bunch. And I, and I would say specifically the guys that are, and girls that are listening to this. We're a different breed of people, right? The 1%ers, the 5%ers are listening to this stuff and reading and, and studying and attending. So with that, in light of that, that's who I'm talking to right now. Because the other guys know no balance because they don't care about the job, right? Their balance is out of balance. So with that being said, my premise with what I'm saying is that I feel like the job for me is a calling higher than me. So I'll start off with that. That connects with my faith. Um, It blows me away sometimes with other guys and girls in the job. Maybe they don't have a sense of faith. And whatever it is, they don't have that established foundation. Um, for me, everything kind of kind of looks back at that, right? Everything turns back to my faith before the job that was there. It's like my wife – well, not technically because I started the job and we got married. But for a lot of us, you know, our wives, our family were there maybe before we started the job or vice versa. But at the end of the day, the things that are going to have longevity in this life on the planet and on the earth, in my opinion, are going to be your faith first and foremost foremost if you have it it's going to extend into eternity right secondarily is this right here these people right here right behind me this is i set i set this up specifically not to show off any kind of liquor that's what what it wasn't my intent was my family right here right me and my wife and my two girls which by the way the stone sisters well stone and ward now are both nurses in the public service world which is really exciting but all that to say those things are eternal in a sense to me. So that's the balance. We put the priorities there. You know, faith sets your mind right. Family, it doesn't work out this way all the time, but always kind of trumps what the job is. So in timing is everything. It's a really long answer to this, but I think it's multi-layered, multifaceted. And mm-hmm. I really want to talk about this because I think there's a lot of people that have imbalance and they'll admit, oh, there's imbalance but they don't realize that it's actually more imbalanced than they think. Right. And here's what I mean by that. Timing is everything in this life and in this job. And so early on my career, heavily involved in a union training, doing stuff. I'm working three and four jobs. My wife wanted to be a stay at home professional mom. That's what we did. Hustling to support that. I have two little girls. Now I blink. I just married my oldest girl last week, 22 years old to an amazing young man. Couldn't ask for better. She's married out. My youngest just got a nursing about to age out and move out. And now I'm looking at who my wife, the one person that's going to be me with me and I've committed for life. She's going to be there. So all that to say that has got to be a priority up front. If I could hit the redo button and I did, I did. You can ask guys like Kurt and my brother. I pulled back probably, I don't know, maybe seven years ago, five, seven years ago, way back way back, you know, because I think those of us that are into teaching and that there's an idea of fire fame and, you know, of course that's a draw, you want to be a part of that, you want to teach, you enjoy it, you get exhilarated, you get a high reward from that, but at the end of the day we have to prioritize our family Mm
1: -hmm. first, we have
0: to prioritize our faith first, and sometimes what that does it gives you a span of time to create this thing called experience and a little bit of platform to maybe operate from, and a lot of times I see guys young guys, man, they're just they're driving so hard, man, and they love it. Well, guess what, man? You blink, and now your girls are adults, or your boys are adults, and they're moving on. And when we retire, me, you, Corley, and a lot of these guys, girls watching right now, the job will move on. Job will move. On. I'm experiencing that right now.
1: Yeah, like, tones keep dropping. Like retired, rings keep rolling. Yeah.
0: Yes, I'm. I moved away from Fort Walton Beach. haven't missed a beat. But you know what? That's a testament to maybe a legacy left behind. Maybe a foundation laid or whatever the case point being for me, the three F's right. Faith, family, then the fire service and the fire service has to be a third and it has to be important because for most of us, it is a calling. And for all of us doing the job, it's that important. Mm -hmm. We have the one job without being overly dramatic that you make a mistake and it will kill you and it will kill others. And, And, and you know, like, I've been part of calls and decisions. I'm thinking of them right now as I speak that, man, if I would have done it differently, that person might've lived. Do I let that beat me up? No. Cause I can't change it back here. Can't change that, but I could work to like what Kurt does with the number, um, you know, Maurice's number and his legacy that has driven that guy to do what he's doing right now. Absolutely, Out, out of a memory to, honor, like, man, I could have, if I would have just done that one thing. So all that back to the final F of the fire service that yes, it is that important to be into the job, but we have to be into the job in a certain way. That's not alienating people around us, but it's bringing them with us because we get frustrated. We tend to alienate. So it's a delicate balance along this journey. And I think if you keep those priorities in check, you know, you, you have a form of age. You put your family first and then just give it time. Your time will come. Time will happen. At, at the Timing is everything. Um, and gain that experience. I think then at that point, if you want the platform of Fire Famous and to get on the circuit and all that other thing, then cool. That's there for you. And you didn't sacrifice your time with your family. You included them. If you do go hard with a young family, bring them along with you. I learned this lesson recently in the last couple of years. It had gotten to the point where my wife isn't here, but if she was, I would interview her and ask her. You know, the job maybe have alienated her a little bit, and it maybe alienated my girls a little bit because they saw that it took priority over them. So when you we include our family into it, right? Um, maybe that changes the dynamic. Maybe that's right. the compromise. Right. Maybe that's the bridge. Like you bring your wife into the fold. I think that's fantastic. That's really cool because now she's owning what you're owning and you're enjoying well, it together.
1: And we're, we're, we're very um, like, like you, you're, you're staring down the barrel of empty nest. You know what I'm saying? Me, my, my youngest is 22. Now he's our baby. He's on OKC fire. Yeah. We are empty nesters. And yeah. uh, right when we became empty nesters, that's where a lot of people struggle because our my wife, especially her entire life centered around those kids. That's almost right. to the detriment of our relationship and she'll say that so I'm not uh, you know what I'm saying but it was it was all about the kids yeah. and and when when they leave it's like me and her just kind of sitting across the table from each other going saying now what and for us it's been really cool because firehouse Vigilance yeah. has kind of been that thing that we've kind of coalesced around and 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 so we're we're very unusual in that regard but it's been fun so you you
0: say it's unusual, but that should be the usual. No, I wife. think I agree. At, I,
1: I wish it could be because I love it. It's yeah. it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Well, no. I just encourage everyone in the audience, you know, bring your family and your wife along. Bring them to the conferences. If you can afford to come to Pensacola Beach, let them play on the beach. Man, for years, I've watched what Kurt has done to to uh, really promote this family atmosphere. And that is great, man. That's, that's no, the fantastic. way it should be. Yes. Yeah, FDIC, kind of the same thing, right, to an extent there's a the family element and yeah, there should be a place all, in that. all of our services. All of them are shifting
1: towards this inclusion of the family, the kids, the parents, all of them across the country. It's great. It's fantastic because you can plan a, 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 a trip to Disney world or, and, and there's nothing wrong with those family trips, but you can also plan it to like a Pensacola beach or, or mortal beach or insert whatever beach. And man, the kids have fun. You have fun with the kids and you get to go to a fire conference. No, uh, but percent. Right. Yeah. Uh, who was I gonna? I was. There was somebody who said something. Oh yeah, it was this right here. Um, yeah, this crap. This is Zach Golombeski. Yeah. Zach Golombeski. His wife. I, I think his wife. I Zach. If I'm cool. If I'm se- If I'm selling you short that you made it. I'm sorry, but I believe his wife is the one that makes them. Uh, That's cool. Out of Kansas. Uh, I will one hundred percent. Uh, Kyle said there's somebody else who needs one so I'll, uh, Zach might be watching or he will probably watch or listen to the scrap so anyway I wanted to point that out it's a beautiful beautiful mug that I believe Zach's wife made so uh, the missus Golembesky. and I hope I'm saying Golembesky right so I'm sure someone can correct me
0: yeah uh, pull your wife pull your family into it man the job is about family let them be a part of what you love so much in your passion
1: shifting Again on you back to tactics. Follow up question from James Mitchellisco: Did you prefer to search back from the fire or start at entry?
0: Um, a little bit of both. I, I was gonna say I was I gonna think,
1: go with it depends, but yeah,
0: I no, th- it's true. I mean, oh, it, I know, it does I depend, know. but I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you, you tell me, Corley, because we kind of work in like like organizations, you know, the suburban America context, and I, I think it's like as you search, you're scanning. Right, and mm-hmm. a lot of times, as we search, we're the first two engine companies stretching a line right. Right, and searching simultaneously. Absolutely, it's not uncommon for us. And so, you're, it's it's almost like the equivalent of of the hitting a hard from the yard. You know, uh, that's an opportunistic thing. That's not an always thing. Right. So if the opportunity exists. So when we're stretching through a living room, making a right down the hallway, you're scanning that area. You may not be detailed scanning, but you're doing a see a search thing. Right. And you're not targeting that because I've always been taught I need to get as closest to the fire and search back. You know, um, that's just right, wrong or indifferent. That's kind of been the pattern for us outside of a known location and targeting that search. If you know where someone is located and you have intel, that's where you start search. Right. So in a sense, it does depend. Um, are you first to a rival engine company? Are you committed to the search? You know, depending on the intel. All those things are factors, but it's a little bit of both, in my opinion.
1: There you go. There you go. Hey, beautiful answer. And like you said, like the mission is search. Period. The whole reason we exist is search. The whole reason we exist is victims. Like you take victims out of the equation, we yeah. can honestly just do it with master streams. Like stop, stop, stop yes. some property, <laughs> stop some property loss.
0: You know what there's I mean? a but... lot of opinion and debate in the business about that. You know, I don't think and I don't think there's... I don't
1: think there's any logical debate about it. But
0: no, no, I, I would agree. I think if everyone has the citizen mindset, um, you're going to see a lot less civilian deaths. But it, what you're doing is getting the message out, right? What all of us that are connected to this movement are doing, or we're like messengers, like like we're the gospel of the fire service, right? Like we're out here kind of trying to bring one or two people in. That's what I always say. It's kind of like, sort of like church, right? Hey man, just bring a friend, you know, bring a friend down to Pensacola, bring a friend up to Atlanta, bring a friend down to Orlando fire conference. Or if you're out West, you know, the stuff that they do, I mean, all uh, the conferences are everywhere. Bring a friend, right? Um, And let's try to convert people one person at a time. And then guess what? If you're one of the people watching this, here's my encouragement to you, promote, promote rise yes. to the level at which you can make a global change. And you know what there is something to be said about being well versed in administration and in the street. You know, when you get to the top of a heap in an organization, you may be administrative, but if you haven't forgot about the needs of the people on the street, you could be a chief thompson from the colony. He's one of the people I can think right now. He plays a very good balance on that. Yes. He does not forget about that. He fuels that thing, but he doesn't have to be in those trenches. He's very administrative and writes books, probably, frankly, in my opinion. He's a superb guy, one of the best books on the market right now for small, medium-sized departments. And so he's a great balance of both. So I encourage everybody, promote. Work on promoting and really making global change. Bit by bit, the entire country will start being more intelligently aggressive not Love- aggressive like cowboys or et cetera, whatever people say.
1: Cowboys are awesome. So, um Cowboys yep. and pirates are both awesome. Uh,
0: my uh, wife just arrived. I'm going to introduce her and embarrass her in a minute. But okay, yeah.
1: I like it. And the book he's referencing is The Functional Fire Company by Chief yes. Scott Thompson. The Yeah, I, I'll say it's the greatest book for suburban fire departments, period. It, it's in the top five of all fire books, period, in, in my personal opinion. So yes. I will say that 100%. Yeah. Uh, and, and anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge fan of Chief Scott Thompson and the book. So, uh, yeah. yeah, are we introducing the wife, or am I throwing questions at you?
0: Uh, she's putting stuff down, so yeah, she'll just cruise in whenever around here.
1: Uh, what's a good, <laughs> no hurries? What's a good piece of advice that you have received from a mentor? This comes from Marco, Mar- Marco Ison.
0: Um. And this one probably kind of brushes up against another one that I sent you. And this would be as of late as a leader, as a boss. Um, I would just say, like, the best piece of advice, two things. One, listen more. Like, listen more than you speak. You know, the old, the old saying goes, you got two ears and one mouth. So listen twice as much as you talk. As you rise up in the ranks, you need to be more of a listener, less of a talker.
1: And the yeah. reality
0: is, the reality is, whether you want to believe it or not, people don't want to hear what you have to say. Right. The further you get up the chain within your organization, typically, not always. So I think that that is a really valuable piece of advice. And then kind of like on the tail end of that would be the two second to respond to anything that may trigger you or just in general you know? So there's something to be said about being stoic and quiet and listening because you're gathering intel and information and something to be said about a slow response. So it's like this, I mean, I have been tried over the years continually every day to now and I fail routinely. And unfortunately I fail probably more with my own family than I do with people on the job, but waiting two seconds to curtail a response to someone that, Most of the time, the challenge is when someone says something stupid or something that just pisses you off or sarcastic or condescending, right? So I think those two things, listen twice as much as you speak and take time to respond are super valuable because at the end of the day in the business, as you move up and you lead people and you get in charge, as much as you're a tactician, you need to be more so a counselor, more so uh, a human relations expert. Because we're dealing with the everyday life in the firehouse way more than you're dealing with any emergencies in the street. And I don't care where you work. I mean, you could work in Fort Lauderdale at the busiest firehouse in the country. You're still going to be dealing more so with human relations to an extent than actually running an emergency and making tactical decisions.
1: Love it. I love it. Uh, the guy who asked, Marco Wiersome said, max points, chief. So you already got max points for one one question. Sweet. <laughs> and start uh, no doubt about it um, I'm looking at the questions they're throwing at you I also have the notes but I, uh, again yeah, I don't know where I put them so I'm going to keep going with the audience questions because they're good anyway yeah. Jared Nistrum wants to know Nystrom, what yes. are the main goals you hope to achieve with your new position at South Walton what's your vision and again if you don't want to talk about specifics right yet and, and publicly that's completely up to you so I'll, I'll always give you that caveat
0: because you're brand new to well, the, the position. So here's the funny thing. I've made one shift of rounding, and I do my next shift tomorrow. Uh, um, and it takes all day to get to all the stations. But I think in general, my intention is to to continue to fuel the level of enthusiasm and excitement of just being a firefighter. Mm. I'm in a, a, uh almost all-hazard organization. They do everything but hazmat, so they have special operations. They're getting into water rescue mm. stuff. They have a beach service, they have ambulance service, they got all this. I'm here specifically. I have the pleasure of of having the direct responsibility of only fire training. Like how Mm -hmm. lucky am I to do that? I don't got to worry about the beach. I don't got to worry about special ops. They take care of themselves. I don't have to worry about anything but the fire service. So my intent is to pour fuel to those that are excited about it. Not everybody in every organization is pumped as we are maybe about the job but everybody that is, man, I got your candy. You know what I mean? Like I'm here to fuel that. So I like to grow that enthusiasm. And then one of of my global goals and uh, I'm pretty sure I've shared it with the chiefs there as well. So I don't don't think I'm overstepping any boundaries is I I want South Walton to become a regional, uh, like a center, kind of like what Kurt has done in Pensacola. You know, I want to bring that a little further East and not in any sort of competition with Kurt at all. In fact, I've had discussions with him about the future of what I'm doing. And I want to be in partnership with him and all these other great minds that come through the area. And I want that organization to be a a stopping point and a a launching point for internal greatness and external uh, greatness, if that makes sense. Like a uh, a conduit. Because we have the training center technically speaking, to, and the resources to support such a focus, you know, and they're already on the right track and and like doing a lot of really great things. So I'm there just to amplify it. And the short answer without getting too detailed is that's in my vision. Right? Are we going to get there? I don't know. I mean, I'm there for 10 years minimum. And as long as I'm enjoying the job, I'm not going to go home. And um, hopefully in the next two to three years, recruiting a cadre of people, that are more passionate than me who want to go even harder and just letting dogs loose. You know what I mean? Um, and coordinating that. So that's what I'm excited about. And I like to see what happened in the next three years or so.
1: Love it. Love it. Kyle Romagus had a a great description of it. You have to check it out sometime when you read the comments later. Um, and Jared, thank you for a great question. Great question. Yes, Thank you. Uh, uh, that was a little vague. I'm trying to see Timothy wood. Uh, Timothy, if you, ha- if you're still around, ask me, uh, clarify your question. Do you think the job has changed? I want to hear, I want to hear what you mean in that regard. Uh, Adam milk. I want to know what are the best family friendly conferences out there? Your opinion. I don't know if you're a conference aficionado or not, but.
0: Mm, I I could say in the Southeast. Yeah, probably. Right. Um, I haven't been too far out of the Southeast. I mean, Corley, you could probably give a, a better global answer, but I could speak for the Southeast. I mean, hands down, what Kurt is doing with the conferences here, I and mean, not because he's a friend, and not because I've helped over the years, and I've been affiliated, and a part of the team, but because I, I've seen what he's done to, to expand the boundaries, I think that is right up front, that one, for sure. I think next in line would be Orlando. It's a no-brainer. It's next to Universal Studios, man. I mean, you know and they're completely family friendly down there and it's J jj and like steve and all the guys that run that conference it's the first one that i had ever been to yeah, i, I went no six by myself before kurt went before my brother and any of them i heard word on the street and my brother was like man you need you know why don't just go and check it out that was the pivotal moment in my career i took a right turn man and i haven't looked back since so nice. I, I would be remiss not to say that about Orlando and how family friendly they are because of the location, the people running that conference. And then, um, you know, Atlanta's always, always a good one. You know, it's probably one of the more affordable. Uh, when you just, say Atlanta, like, you say Yeah, MAPC. Okay. I, I think it's sure. great. Make now sure. I know there's a ton more around, you know, right. uh, that are going on more so in the last five years than ever. And honestly, I think that's a good thing. I think that's great um, because not everyone can travel great distance. Right. To attend these things. Right. So the closer we are to share this gospel of fire, you know, the better. Right.
1: And especially the ones and that so, include the family. Because if you have yeah. your family at your back while you're doing this job, you can do this job for a very long time.
0: Man. Like, yes. and do it. That face is face. so true, isn't it? Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, I a couple I'll that. mention. Just, just, just to add to it. Carolina Fire Day. Someone mentioned it in the chat. Absolutely. They're very, very big. Heather uh, and Joe. Um, Absolutely big on family. Daggum down in texas i think that i think family was more of the focus of Dagum than even tactics was and it, it was powerful it was very very
0: powerful. that looks that conference looks really cool by the way man it is it's it's like, a special, i would love to go to that
1: it was a very special uh i was glad to be yeah. a part of it uh I, I know i'm leaving some out it's like anytime you start mentioning things and stuff out i don't right. mean to do that right. but those two really do stick out in my head for uh uh family just family centric um i agree Yep, Oath Keepers. Uh, Kyle actually brings up OK. Every time I see OK, I think Oklahoma. So when I do Oath, Oath yeah. Keepers, I always yeah. think Oklahoma. Um, yeah. Absolutely said Mile High. They, yeah, there's so many conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Austin is asking, Chief Stone, if you could give one piece of advice to a young officer, what would you tell them?
0: Um Man, so many things. So I'm going to jump the gun on the book reading thing because I think okay. that this is probably the best thing you could do in preparation. Next to like studying the job, right? So okay. back to the human relations thing. The one thing I think I could re- recommend to anyone stepping in this position in the HR realm, dealing with the human element, is reading the book uh, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Hmm. It's just a really good book on how to communicate. Um, A lot of people, that's kind of like a buzzword now, emotional intelligence. It's been around for a long time. Um, The reason it's a buzzword is because it works and it's extraordinarily important, especially to a group of people that live together. You're going to have more of a challenge, and you tell me, Coralie, if I'm off base on this or not. (laughs) You have more of a challenge dealing with the human element and motivation and focus than probably operations on the fire ground, oh yeah it, i I would depending.
1: say it's a, I say it's a nine to one ratio unless you yeah. live in jobtown i i will I will put that caveat there for for the bulk yes. of the American fire yes. service it's a nine to one ratio of yes. dealing with problems at the firehouse way more than you deal with problems on the fire ground,
0: yes, that's my And even in places. Yes, Yes. and even places that go to a lot of fires, really, it's pockets, isn't it? It's not like the whole organization is going to jobs. No, they got the busy, lucky enough to bid the busy house. Yeah, the busy house. Yes. Yes. So, um, and all the rest of them are dealing
1: with the nine to one ratio of people problems.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, and I hate to harp on the human relations element, but I just see that that's such a gap in um, new officership, and frankly, there's some classes bubbling up about it. Like your nine L's, like those are really great principles that are immediately applicable, you know, Um, and we need more of that. And we need more people like assigned to read that stuff. I mean, your book, frankly, would be a great one to assign new officers. Okay, before you get here, read this. This is your assignment. It's part of the curriculum. Emotional intelligence. I had assigned that to people before on my shift. Hey, listen, you need to read this. And then let's come back and talk about it. Love it. Um, Love it you're going to encounter that hr problem at some point
1: no it's awesome uh someone said uh daniel austin said emotional intelligence 2.0 is 57 percent off right now boys and i'm assuming he means on amazon that's, that's yeah where, that's where everybody shops but absolutely yes. uh andrew borges says Fireground operations is the easy part of being a leader it's the other administrative stuff that is the hard part of being a leader uh True. yeah Stephen, uh, so many, so many comments, lots of, lots of reactions, man. I want to say first of all, DJ, I apologize for the crash in the middle because we yeah. were rocking it. the The audience was rocking it. Yeah. The cool part is it recovered. We didn't get back to the yeah, numbers yeah. we were at, but it recovered. That's okay. And you're, and you're killing it. So I want to throw this oh, to you, you before I, before I, before I segue out of topics because there's a long list of topics and we've hit some yeah, of them because yeah, yeah. Of the audience questions and some of them not, but I want to throw it to you. Yeah. Anything specific you want to talk about before we segue <clears throat> into books and questions?
0: Um, no, I just, I, I think I'd leave people with this. Um, two things, um, three things maybe. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble with this. Before I say this, uh, Kurt is a personal mentor and friend, right? I, I mean, honestly, I am who I am. He's a great part of that. But I'll say there's a lot of talk about lanes and staying in lanes and getting out of lanes. And I, and I totally get what he's talking about. And I think in some respect, though, in relation to that, I'm not going to say a lane. I'm just going to say an orbit. So as we move forward in the business, sometimes it's good for us to stay in an orbit because of this or a lane or however you want to describe it. Okay. Um, don't get tied around the axle about things you cannot change. You have no influence to change. Mm -hmm. For example, city council elections. I work for a city, you know, it sucks and it's good. It's an up and down. You can't change that. I can't change what another shift does before I come in. I can only change the fact that I'm putting air in my bottle. Now I'm cleaning the blood off the glucometer. I'm setting my gear up right, right? So in light of that, and before we complain about the chiefs and what they're doing, let's be concerned about us first. Let's take care of our lane. Let's take care of our orbit. Let's, let's affect the things that we could change first, right? So that would be my encouragement. And secondarily, I can't overemphasize the value of mentorship. And mentorship comes in a lot of ways. And the beauty of the internet is this. This is form of mentorships. Whether it's you mentoring someone distantly, correlated with your book and your conferences, or it's someone in person, I think there's value in both. So you need to be a mentor and you need to be mentored by somebody. And you know this as well as I do. Some of these people that you think are far off in, in the fire service, they're really at your fingertips in emailing and reaching out. Absolutely, Not one of the perceivable legends or the guys that I've looked up to and I have had the pleasure of being in the orbit with have ever been like, man, I ain't got the time. Right. All of them just love the job. They love making people better for absolutely nothing because they they're just those people. They're servants, right? And let me throw this little tidbit in there. There's no other leadership than servant leadership, in my opinion. Period.
1: Servant leadership
0: is the answer. You want you want to answer the sir. you want to answer the leadership question. What kind of boss do you need to be? You'd be a servant leadership. Everything is about how you are serving the people you lead and the community that you lead. So how to get better at that is mentorship, man. We gotta have these people that speak into our lives. And the, the most influential person in my life would be my brother on this job. You know, he has helped me avoid countless pitfalls. A lot of people i talk talked to like, man, I went through this struggle and I was an officer like this and then I crashed and did this. And I'm going, I really didn't struggle with that because I had my mentor, I had my brother and many other people around me saying, do this, don't do that. I listened with two ears, I stayed quiet and I followed advice, you know? So um, I think those things in kind of closing this out, uh, extraordinarily important you know i know tactics and strategies and all these things are are exhilarating topics but i feel like what we're talking about tonight are nuts and bolts to success that aren't typically expounded upon because they're not flashy right
1: right. but it's
0: absolutely critical to success if you want to be a better leader be a better servant and die to yourself first
1: Ooh, I love I love that last quote. Die to yourself first. I absolutely love it. Um, man, I I did it. I did I was trying to timestamp. It's so hard to timestamp when we had to restart. But this is the deal. Yeah, you got another max points. I don't know if it yeah. was Andrew. Did Andrew give me max points last time too? Or was it someone else? But I'm I, not sure. I'm not sure, but I'm judging. I'm judging. I'll take whatever
0: points I can get, man.
1: (laughs) I love it. Uh, You already mentioned Emotional Intelligence 2.0, but I love books. Anybody who knows me knows I love books. I love asking the question, what book or books do you think firefighters should be reading?
0: Um, The other one would be uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by Maxwell. Mm. Maxwell, hands down, I don't care who you talk to. He's probably one of the best. And so foundational books for leadership, I think those two, uh, you can't go wrong. You right. just can't. There's a gazillion other. like right now as we speak, I'm listening to the dichotomy of leadership. It's mm-hmm. taking me this long to get to it. Let me tell you, Jocko, man, they're like, I've the never solid, listened to man. much of his stuff, bro. It's so good. That's another good one, but 21 laws. And I think emotional intelligence are a really good start. They're quick reads, uh, very useful information. Yes. Um, to immediately apply to your career and the human relation element of being a leader and really just being a good person.
1: And on the subject of Maxwell, because I like to throw it out there every time, two of his books that I really love, Developing the Leader Within You, which is uh, yeah. 21, tw- 21 Irrefutable Laws is his best, period. I think that. Yeah. And then Developing yeah. the Leader Within You is really good for company officer. And then he wrote one much later. He, he wrote like 80 books. so. But yeah. leadership, <laughs> leadership Gold. Well, he wrote it after he wrote like fifty uh, books, and it was like, it was like the distillation of all of them, all the first fifty in one. So it's a really good one if you don't leadership
0: read. gold. I'm going to write that down because I haven't even heard of that.
1: No, no, it's so. one of the, it, he wrote it after he'd written like fifty books, so it's all the other ones kind of melted into one.
0: And, and, and so you got forty nine more books to write, man. So you're one yeah, down.
1: At, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh i don't think anybody can match maxwell
0: uh, uh yeah
1: dude i he I, I love him i love him he's one of my biggest yeah. influences him and simon Sinek. uh Aber- anyway I, yes. I keep rattling off uh, authors yes. uh without a doubt um yes okay so we have a thing you already answered so many questions you've already gotten max points that's kind of an amazing thing um uh, but we'll see how it goes uh It's called the five questions for firefighters. Originally Mm -hmm. it was the five questions for firefighters after a hundred episodes or so, I had to switch it up and it became the next five questions for firefighters. And then Mm -hmm. only a few episodes ago, we made it the five Q three, the five questions for firefighters version 3.0. So there are no correct answers. There are all your opinions. But my question for you is, are you ready for the 5Q3?
0: Shoot. Ready. Let's do it. Coming at you. What
1: single? Wait. No, that's not the right questions. Hold on. I was about to ask you 2.0.
0: Well, let's answer all the pointos, man.
1: We'll just do 10 questions for DJ Stone. (laughs) Two seconds. Two seconds. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I promise you you I'm getting there. Ah, No pressure, Corley. All right, here we go. This is much better. What is the skill that has carried you through your fire service career?
0: Uh, I would say, for me, Adaptation. So here's what I mean about adaptation: um, adaptation to circumstance. In other words, willing to make a change, and willing to make corrections when needed. And then, furthermore, learning from the mistakes of others so you don't make them. Mm. If you can adapt early on into your in your career, that skill set crosses boundaries from human relations to fireground skill sets. Especially as a suburban firefighter, you have to adapt and overcome. Because one minute you're an engine, one minute you're a truck, another minute you're given medical aid. You just never know. Sequence of arrival based response model is the majority of America. And so, in relation to that, the earlier you learn to adapt, the better you are going to be in the longevity of maybe even becoming better in your career. And then the mentors that you have around you going, hey, man, do this, don't do that. And if you could actually follow that advice, you're going to avoid a lot of trouble in your career,
1: hmm. dude. I love it. I absolutely love it. McGinn is the first one from YouTube. He said max points, and I agree. <laughs> it's a adaptation. Yeah. Beautiful. In fact, it's what a uh, adapt and overcome. McGinn said it, and, and it's kind of what I uh, originally dubbed the uh title of the scrap and when i I read all the topics was was about adapting Mm -hmm. uh everything joe mitchell agreed max points
0: yes Yes. and i
1: want to just just for the behind the scenes i make really detailed notes every time there's a scrap coming up uh and alan (laughs) gulgoff he said no doubt max points but the thing is is i'll take an old one and i'll copy it and then i'll delete everything that had to do with the last guest and i'll plug in everything from the new guest copy paste out of the emails you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. And so the reason I was about Mm -hmm. to ask, uh, we just switched, and so I actually copied Clark Lampings over to be 199, and I deleted Mm -hmm. everything about Clark, and I pasted in everything DJ, except for the five questions. So anyway, there's the behind the scenes. Uh, (laughs) Good job on Max Points, good job on behind the scenes. So then I pulled up Mike Lombardo's notes, and I said, what is the most important? We kind of touched on this, so I'll be interested to see your answer Most yeah, important yeah, yeah. soft skill to possess in a leadership position.
0: I already talked about it, man. Two ears, one mouth. Mm. I, I, I mean, I don't even think I need to expound on that. You you I can't overemphasize listening more. And it, and it's a, it's not a trick, it's the truth. The more you listen, the more until you gather in every level, right? Specifically speaking to uh human relations. Um and then you could also talk say tactical and otherwise, you know, you have to be willing to listen twice as much as you're saying something.
1: Mm. No, I, I wouldn't even look at the chat it's max points because dude, it is like you said, it's like a trick. It's, it's like a life hack. If you listen, yeah. man, you will be a more effective person, especially, in know, especially if you are responsible for people, man, 1000% mm-hmm. max points. Uh, I'll see what people said. No doubt, max points. There you go. I'm working (laughs) on that
0: too. Like I'm still working on the listening bit. I haven't perfected it. Absolutely. Because I like to talk, man. Like like anybody else I like to talk. I like to share my opinions. But, you know, I've learned to read people and I could see them too now. Like I can tell when people like they're glossing over, right? A little bit cross-eyed. Okay. Try to learn to talk in sound bites, man. And just listen to people more. People want people to listen to them most of the time. Um, especially my wife. And so <laughs> and my girls. Right? They want to listen more.
1: <laughs> they want to be heard. They want to know that yes. they're valid. Yes, they yes. want to be validated. Absolutely. The number yes. one way you can validate another person is to hear the words that they are saying. Man, so yeah. so strong. Easy max points. Yeah. Um, number three. What yeah. is your favorite fire service tradition?
0: Um well, first of all, if I could say a solid bore nozzles, leather helmets, and red trucks, um, but kidding aside, um, because that is sort of kidding, sort of not, um, I, I think the sense of service and honor to be able to do a job that I'm, I'm assuming is like 1% of the population gets to do, that's a pretty big honor. Not only being able to get it, but I get paid to do it. Like We, we tend to forget that over time. You know, so that tradition of service and the status it gives you in a community, I don't do it for the status. But you know what? I'm super grateful that people are glad to see me when I arrive to help them. Um, my law enforcement brothers, I don't know how they do it. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Like, I don't know that I could live and work in an environment where the the population is frustrated towards me. Mm-hmm. So that keeps me grateful for this position that we have and the goodwill that is automated because of our job into the community we're automatically assumed to be the good guys that is really great and that that directly ties into the, the tradition of service since the beginning and i remind people at my old job and, and at some point in the new job i'll rem, i'll say this again we signed up to be public servants that's what we are that's first before we're firemen firewomen firefighters we're public servants. Period, right on, right and on. so um, we should be proud of that. That's a long-standing history since the dawn of time, and I think that is uh, resonates in me as something to be proud of.
1: Love it. Uh, Timothy Wood said max points. James Butchelisco said max points. One hundred. <laughs> Screw automatic fog nozzles and Euro helmets. So he he gave you max points. I'm saying got to your answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True statement. Uh, no, I had I had you. I, I wrote down this. Max points on helmets, nozzles, and red trucks. Uh, and then you answered it with an absolutely crushing.
0: There, there is nothing more American than the leather fire helmet. I'm sorry if you don't agree with that. But, like, that to me, as far as just a visual tradition, along with the, uh, the color red, is like, right. when you think fire service, that's what you think. I pray to God in the rest of my career that we never go away from the traditional firearm. I don't care how uh irrelevant the design is and how un- ergonomic. It's it doesn't matter to me. I don't ever want to see us go away from that.
1: I dude. <laughs> You're talking my language because you mispronounced. Yeah. I don't care if you are wrong. Uh if you are wrong. That's what you meant to say.
0: Um yes. Okay. Yes, it is. that's right.
1: <laughs> I love it. Okay. Brother, uh number 4, 3 for 3, max points, easy max points. I don't know if you studied for this test or not, but you're you're killing yeah. it. Number 4, who are the four people you would put on the Mount Rushmore of the fire service?
0: Um this one's tough, man. Mm. You know. And I, and I had to think about it on people who have probably impacted my career and my direction and investment into where i'm at you know and so um in light of that the the, I, the people that came to mind and considering it was of course you know it's my brother like it's my blood right that's he's been the the, the foremost influence on my life um oh. in my career um and and next to that i would be remiss not to say kurt isaacson You know, um, a lot of the guys that listen to this podcast are are fans of Kurt. You know, Kurt is a friend. Uh, I knew him before I started. And I think we can all agree that people are listening to this podcast that a guy from Pensacola, Florida, has made a major impact into this business. And I'd be remiss to say it it hasn't impacted me. His enthusiasm and his craziness, as crazy as Kurt is sometimes. you know the good and whatever you know what i like about kurt is like it's a, what you see is what you get he's very much the same person on your podcast as he has in real life and that is a unique thing in people and humans these days especially in the social media world but anyways he, he is i would be remiss not to say the type of impact that he's had on me as a friend and as a mentor and someone who challenges me and um I would say Brunacini is another one um, blue card aside or whatever people think about all that stuff right. that has been traced back to him. I still use the be nice mantra every day as mm. a human and as a boss, be nice. I mean, if you think about it in the nineties, that guy really impacted the business and so the customer service. And so hugely important, yes. I think, He's impacted my sort of perception and my attitude towards a job. And then um, finally, another person that I think is one of the most underrated people. And the crazy thing is I've, I've, I've met this guy once or twice, but I've gleaned so much for what he has input into the Internet world as far as learning for absolutely nothing for free. It's been a crazy service is Jason Hovelman, mm. Chief mm. Hovelman. With his officer development and the stuff that he has done in the business, he, in my opinion, is probably one of the most underrated uh, contributors to the fire service. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, because I know he has a huge platform No, no and absolutely. he does a lot of things, but people should be talking about more of what he's poured into officer development, at least from my perspective, more than most that I could recall. I, I have gleaned a ton off of his wisdom and the input that he's put in the business. So it's a really tough question to answer, and there's a gazillion other people. Oh, but I think enough. those four, when I was thinking about it today, they've really impacted the direction of my career, and I'm super grateful for it.
1: I love the answers. I love the answer. I love all four. I love all four and the impact they've had in my life. And, and shameless plug, uh, August 27th, Jason Hovelman will be coming back to the scrap. Uh, and to talk about it and, you know, no exceptions, leadership and officer development, the new company officer, all of it, um, 100%. So, but I love your answer. Yeah. Easy, easy. Max points. I'll see what the audience said. Yeah. Jeff Stone said max, 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 max points. Bruno, for sure. Be nice. And Mrs. Smith, my, yeah, there you go. Uh, my Jeff Diaz said my fire service Rushmore would look like Medusa's hair. I couldn't narrow it down to four.
0: No, it's a tough it's one, true. man. It's a tough that one. is tough. You, you tough almost to feel like that. you're just
1: dis- servicing people when you, you 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 know you're gonna be like, oh wait, I bet. Oh yeah, no, it's tough,
0: man. Listen, listen, it it's a laundry list of people of of locals that you know. There's people's names that will never be, and and here's a here's the thing. Maybe back to mentorship. There's so many more people close in your orbit that are going to impact you almost overwhelmingly more than the people that are in the fire fame lane circuit line of things, right? right. If right. you're lucky enough to be one of us who affiliate a lot, we glean a lot from it. But most people learn the most of what, and the most value they get out of the job and who they are from the people they're working with in their own organization. So that's another thing I encourage everybody to do at the end of the night tonight, end of our conversation. Think about what are you doing for your organization first? Before you want to go out and teach this stuff and you want to be a part of something and create a presence on the internet world, what are you doing internally in your own department? That was a challenge from Ray McCormick back in the day to me. That's like, great. You know, one of the biggest accomplishments, if I remember the story correctly, was his input into the FDNY in different sectors of that operation. Because it was such a big deal to him because of his affiliation with his department. And I said, you know what? That's right. What am I doing for my department first? Right all. So uh, all that to point back to these people that are super important around us, you know, to pay homage to them and respect to these guys that have poured into us.
1: I love it. I love it. Uh, I've been looking forward to asking you this question, which is the question. It's the fifth question. It is the heavy fire. If you, if you, if you're coming out with that helmet cam on and there's heavy fire (laughs) and there's searchable space, uh, what would you rather be assigned to the nozzle? Or first in on VES,
0: so people aren't going to like my answer. I'm just, okay. just going to say it. <laughs> I love, I love like the qualifications. Answer. I love it. Uh, uh, I love engine work, man. I don't know about you, but there's nothing like bringing something out of control back into the control. It's an overwhelming sense of accomplishment. And it's no, there's nothing like helping a life too, but um, I like engine work, man. I, I I love the thought of bulldozing through a door of fire and putting it out and bringing it under control. Um, I've been very lucky to be a part of at least one successful rescue. The other ones, not so much. And um, that's, yeah, there's, there's no high like it, but what brings me back to the table is putting the fire out every time, man. Uh, I just love, I love that element of the job.
1: And that's why I love that question because there is no right answer. I keep seeing a a phantom Ooh. arm.
0: That's I'm all I'm trying see. to. I'm trying to get her over here to uh, say hello. Look, look, I will at the tail Come here, Ben. So I would re- I would be remiss. We're talking about family, right? And we're talking about people. And this this is my wife, Stephanie. You can bend down. Hey. Hi. Um, she's kept me on track, and as our kids age out, she's the one that's going to be here, and uh, that has guided me into my new endeavor in my career and that joins me along the way so i'd be remiss not to recognize the importance of my wife and her presence here and uh her support really that's awesome anyways this is stephanie she's i don't know if she
1: can hear me because you have earbuds (laughs) in but (laughs) tell her thank you for sharing us for this evening
0: (laughs) (laughs) she can hear you because i'm deaf and i got it like volume all the way up (laughs) (laughs) okay
1: (laughs) thank you but absolutely welcome to the scrap again said (laughs) All right. Engine life. Uh, James said 99.99 points. And that's the No, I give it max. I give it max because I love the passion of the answer, no matter who gives it. uh, I love the passion of the answer. The reason behind it, there is no correct answer.
0: I know mine.
1: Everybody knows theirs. And uh, Mm -hmm. absolutely, brother. Absolutely. I love, I love, love. You just crushed the five questions for firefighters with five for five max points. And a couple extra max points arbitrarily passed out by the audience early on. And that officially makes it 203 scraps in the books with the with the small glitch in the middle. Um, I want to say this yeah. to the audience that's still here. Um, just like going to a fire, you never know what you're gonna get. I think that's part of the allure of the of the of the scrap. You never know if it's just gonna yeah. be a, a flaming inferno
0: uh we had a little post
1: <laughs> just a small just a small hiccup uh, but hey i'm telling you man mutts don't scrap and they hung out and they asked killer questions they listen to killer answers uh so with all that being said officially 203 scraps of books if people want to get a hold of you what is the best way to do so
0: uh probably through the 850 fireman on facebook avenue um i i am on facebook i'm I'm re-engaging with my new job because it's such a valuable platform, but that would be the biggest conduit. I run it with my brother. We both kind of contribute to that thing, 850 Fireman on Facebook, or I am a, I am for me, my main conduit of social media consumption is through Twitter um, or X or whatever he's calling it right now. But uh, I find for me, that platform has a little less drama, okay. a bit more data. And so I am active on that one, A50 Fireman there as well, DJ Stone. Uh you can find me. Um or you know, email, obviously A50 Fireman at, at Gmail or uh D at SWFD.org at my new work address. Um, new I'm an open book. Fire, yeah. A- That's right. Everything I got is yours and and vice versa. So And the um, grab analysis. I'm just – I kept saying you, Grab Academy
1: yeah. earlier. I'm sorry, Grab Analysis. Grab Analysis. The grab analysis. Yes. So
0: please forgive me. And it's I am presenting. I am presenting that at um, the Suburban Urban Fire Conference coming up in August. Coming up in a month. Kurt's thing. Yes, I will see you yes. there. Yes, in the solo version. Yeah, right on, man. Yeah. That'd be awesome, you, man. Give me your input on it when you see it. See if, I up will if it will absolutely.
1: Tomorrow, I will so. absolutely. Uh, it will not suck. But uh, there you go, everybody, man. Go to firehousevigilance.com. Join the vigilantes. If you want to be a part of the cool kids club, I'll say it every time it's five bucks a month. It's a, it's the price of a cup of coffee. We do really cool stuff. You get discounts, you get exclusive swag, you get uh, the input on what is going on. You get the behind the scenes, blah, 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 all of that stuff. It's awesome. Believe me, the people that are in it. Know, uh that's just another bonus. Uh, the other part is, is right. When the scrap ends, we're going to, all the vigilantes get a meet up and we get to critique and tell Sh- uh, uh, DJ that he did a really awesome job. Uh right. so it's really fun. But uh yeah. badass scraps Ooh. continue. Uh, next week, Charlie Dahl, then Jeremy Sanders, a crew first culture, and then one of the smartest firefighters I know. And that's saying something because I know Dennis Laguerre, but one of the smartest firefighters I know, Eric Sailors, is coming on. And with the the new stuff he's doing on active shooters and the takeaways from the studies, man, it's yeah. it's gonna be a good one. Uh my brother, DJ Stone. Thank you for being such a phenomenal and patient. Uh, and adaptive, adaptive. I think that was a quality uh, adaptive guest. Uh, Thanks for vid-
0: having on a suburban nobody. I appreciate it. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, yeah I won't even I won't even address it. Vigilante <laughs> yeah. if you are going to be a part of the after party, the scrap after party, look for the link in the private group. I will send it out as soon as we close out. So look for it. DJ, as the guest, you are absolutely invited to come hang out for twenty minutes after the scrap is over and and be subjected to the, the vigilantes telling you how awesome you were. Uh, other than that, audience, man, I, I say this every time and I know you guys have heard it 202 times. You are what makes the scrap magical. When it crashes, you come back and you keep it being magical. I can't say thank you enough, man. There's, there's Thank you for tuning in live. I love you all. Remember, mutts don't scrap. I hope the tones stay silent unless it is burning. Everybody, Stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.